With all the excitement around the New Orleans Saints kicking off their rookie minicamps this past weekend, it is no surprise that it was the quarterback that stood out. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Appreciate you as always making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, that way you'll never miss a daily episode. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. You can also catch me every Tuesday in the Lockdown NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday and then some on Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked on to learn more today. On today's episode, we're going to take a look at the New Orleans Saints who are taking nothing for granted, bringing in after even pumping in a bunch of different investments at wide receiver over the course of the past couple of years, still visiting with some NFL veterans We'll give you some thoughts on James Washington and that upcoming visit for New Orleans. But first, we'll take a look at some takeaways from minicamp as well as three standouts from New Orleans Saints minicamp this weekend, at least for the portion of practices that New Orleans media was able to be uh, present for, right? So we're going to take a look at all of that today. And we'll start off with those rookie minicamp standouts because... In something that shouldn't surprise anyone, it was Jake Hayner, and it was all Jake Hayner when it came to the guys that stood out uh, going for the New Orleans Saints in rookie minicamps. We got to see including stretch about an hour's worth of practice that included like stretch and individual drills, things like that. Didn't get to see much in terms of um, um, you know live action or really any live action or any of that because A, there's not live action there in shorts and shells. But we did get to see some routes on air. So we did get to see Jake Hayner. We got to see uh, A.T. Perry. We got to see Malik Flowers and a couple of others uh, who all stood out throughout the day. But Jake Hayner was really the guy that headlined, even though we didn't get to see any seven on seven drills or 11 on 11 full team drills or anything like that. It was clear that Jake Hayner is well ahead of the guy that he was throwing with in uh, Harrison Frost, who, of course, is a tryout player that's here in New Orleans for a tryout period, uh, likely so that they had another quarterback to rotate snaps with and things like that here during mini camps, potentially uh, throughout OTAs and things like that as well. Don't expect anything that you see in terms of what the Saints roster is right now, especially considering they're carrying like three kickers and two punters to bleed over into OTAs, but specifically further into training camps. So if you think the Saints have a few roster spots available now. Well, there are more roster spots that will become available later on, and quarterback might become one of those spots. But it's not going to be because Jake Hayner is going anywhere because it's very clear that the Saints absolutely love this guy, and this guy absolutely loves being in New Orleans. And the things that stood out about him were you could see the coachability. You could see him and Ronald Curry working back and forth. Ronald Curry, a very active coach. He's the one that's out there moving and resetting up bags, and he's moving around the passing nets, the accuracy nets, and all that stuff. Jake Hayner hit all of his accuracy throws when throwing up against the net. Um, 
moved his feet really well, super good and fluid movement. This was a big part of who he was as a quarterback when he was at Fresno State, especially considering that five foot eleven size. Uh, that's you know you need to be able to move laterally in the pocket. We saw that with Drew Brees year after year after year after year, changing arm angles, being able to move laterally in the pocket as well as stepping up and down. All of those things you see Jake Hayner doing as well. Obviously, Drew Brees was somebody that he studied uh, quite a bit. Now, I'm I'm hyping up Jake Hayner here, and I'm talking about him being a big standout. And I, I don't want this to be misconstrued. Jake Hayner is not about to challenge for a starting spot or anything like that, but he gave you exactly what it is that you wanted to see from Jake Hayner. I mean, the guy that the Saints decided that they were going to invest, trade up, and invest a draft pick in to have as a premium backup, hopefully, in the NFL. You saw the things that you want to see. From a potential long-term backup quarterback, he moves very fluidly, receives that coaching. He's very smart player. His arm um, is, you know, you don't get to see them really throw downfield a ton. We got to see a couple of those throws fine in terms of, you know, arm strength and things like that. But the ball placement, the accuracy, the precision, those were the things that were special when you were watching Jake Hayner. Every pass right where the, you know, right within frame, uh, right on the numbers, hand catches by all the receivers, not having to bring anything into their body, not having to outstretch outside of their frame for anything, everything hitting them right in sort of that little like pitcher's box, if you will. And, uh, you know, that's a big part of what you wanted to see from Jake Hayner early. And that's exactly what you got from him during rookie mini camps. And so that was a really big standout thing for us to see just sort of how quickly it was. I mean, everyone was kind of talking like, wow, like the ball placement, like he's real precise, like it's all there. And that's great in terms of, you know, we've talked a bunch about how Jake Hayner helps guys like, you know, Derek Carr when Derek Carr comes off the field and they're off on the sideline. Jake Hayner's ability to be able to deliver these passes and run this offense and be a smart guy, all of those things are going to translate in practice as well when he's working with the second and third units in terms of making sure that the depth on the roster is able to jump in and have the practice that they need from a quarterback that can deliver the throws. And you definitely saw that with Jake Hayner. A couple of other standouts, um, you know, one of which a drafted guy, one of which an undrafted guy. I'll start with the drafted guy, and that was Jordan Howden, the safety out of Minnesota. Where in number 31, you could see his physical build up against some of the other defensive backs that kind of separated him a little bit. But the thing that I loved about it, uh, you know, watching him so much was him and Marcus Robertson, the Saints' new defensive backs coach who they hired and brought in this past offseason. Man, he's so much fun to watch work, Marcus Robertson. And Jordan Howden, working with both Marcus Robinson and Joe Woods, I mean, not only discussing in between reps, literally talking during reps. And we got to see Jordan Howden play a little bit of a, you know, a a safety role to where he's kind of dropping back a bit of a bail role at corner. But we also got to see him play a little bit up on the line of scrimmage. So you could see that the Saints are kind of moving him around early. These are all individual drills. So all he's lining up against is other defensive backs. But these are not things to just sort of ignore, right? This is the stuff to where you wanted to see with Jordan Howard and the versatility. I, uh, you know, we asked um, Dennis Allen after minicamp practices about Marcus Robertson, the new defensive backs coach. And one of the things that Dennis Allen interestingly, interestingly pointed out was that Marcus Robertson was a big part of Charles Woodson's success with the Raiders when it came to shifting from outside corner into the nickel and then eventually over to safety. And this is something that is important for the New Orleans Saints because you think about all the players that can play multiple positions, Bradley Roby. We'll see if either Paulson Adebo or Alante Taylor end up checking that box. Maybe one of them cross trains in the slot this offseason. 
Um, Jordan Howden, Lonnie Johnson, Jonathan Abrams, Ugo Amati, all of these guys move around a whole bunch. And even a guy like Tyron Matthew plays a lot of different roles and different responsibilities for different reasons. And so this is you know a match made in heaven in terms of Dennis Allen's versatile defense and versatile usage of secondary players and Marcus Robertson's ability to be able to reteach and retrain an already Hall of Fame level player into playing additional positions, which extended his playing career. That's a pretty good match for the Saints and that Saints uh, staff addition. And then the final uh, undrafted free agent that really stood out to me was actually Malik Flowers out of coming out of uh, Montana. And he's the guy that has seven kick return touchdowns, which is tied for the FCS record, which is also owned by a New Orleans Saint in Rashid Shahid. And a lot of times when we talk about Malik Flowers here over the course of the offseason, which you're going to hear us immediately bring up, just like I just did, is his return ability. But he showed some pretty good hands and some pretty good routes while he was out there doing some routes on air and things like that. We have to remember this is without pressure. This is without coverage and all that. But even still, watching him catch a you know, pass and get two toes in on the sideline and things like that, those are the things that might end up being huge for a guy like Malik Flowers because the Saints continue to add competition in their wide receiver room. And maybe his ability to be able to, you know, make some of those catches and 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 show you what he can do as a receiver if called upon, in addition to his special teams acumen, is going to end up highlighting him to a point where he could potentially steal a roster spot before this is all said and done. Now, those are just three standouts, but there was more that we saw throughout the course of mini camps, including uh, Marcus Robertson, uh, and as well as some of the uh, injury updates that you'll want to know, or let's say condition updates, return timeline updates that you want to know for Foster Moreau, as well as, of course, wide receiver Michael Thomas. Let's get to those next as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook, America's Number one sports book you can find over at uh, fanduel.com. And of course, you want to type in slash locked on as well, because that's going to get you on the road to your no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. It's $1,000 in bonus bets that you can get back if your first bet doesn't win. So if you take a look at right now, the New Orleans Saints opening line up against the Tennessee Titans for their opening home game week one is uh, has them right now favored three and a half. Points. You also can find them right now with the favored odds. Uh, now, everybody's got positive odds in the division, of course, but you know, favorites right now to win the NFC South. Fourth, fifth highest uh, in terms of NFC conference as a whole. So you want to go and check all those out, maybe get in on some of those lines a little early, especially that three and a half against the uh, Tennessee Titans. That's definitely one to watch. So make sure you go and check that out today. FanDuel.com slash locked on to get that no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Make sure you join us a little bit later on today. We got a couple different things going on. We'll be live over on the Locked on Saints YouTube page. Take a look at some of these undrafted free agents. Kind of as we've been going through the draft picks, we'll highlight some of the premier and kind of key undrafted free agents as well. We're going to start off actually with Malik Flowers in tonight's live episode. We'll also have some updates for you tomorrow morning from the New Orleans Saints Hall of Fame golf tournament. I'll be there for that in Kenner. Uh, By the time that you're watching this, I'm probably there at that point or listening to this. I'm probably simultaneously uh, out there getting that done. So we'll hear from um, Coach Dennis Allen. We'll hear from General Manager Mickey Loomis. We'll hear from some of the assistant coaches. We'll hear from some players that are going to be participating. 
So lots of cool stuff that we'll get from there, including some video and stuff that I'll end up throwing in for you as well. Let's get back to Minicamp here. Some of the major takeaways from Minicamp. I told you my three standouts in Jake Hayner, Jordan Howden, as well as Malik Flowers. I don't want to go without mentioning A.T. Perry, who was an absolute standout. I thought Nick Anderson moved extremely fluidly as well. The two-lane linebacker that came in as an undrafted free agent. But the new addition that really caught my eye throughout all of the uh, sort of process of minicamps was really Marcus Robertson. And I'm not, I'm not going to harp on this for too long, but I do want to make sure that I mention this. He's just vocal. And and some of you who were here with us last year would remember everydayers. Um, you know, you might remember that last year during training camp, we were kind of talking about like, okay, well, Doug Marone is like the kind of loud voice that's out there all the time, but there's not really anybody else like matching that energy. There's no big presence. Well, Marcus Robertson was that big presence. He was coaching and coaching and coaching. He was egging his guys on. He was driving competition, all that. And you saw Joe Woods getting involved in that as well. So while, you know, Dennis Allen gets a lot of sort of flack for not really showing a lot of emotion during games, which granted is because broadcast only shows him so many times. If you're in the building and you're looking down at the sideline, you could definitely see that he is absolutely full of emotion on game day. Uh, but in practices, he's usually pretty calm, cool, collected, like his usual demeanor and everything. So it's nice to kind of see the other guys picking up the intensity in another way. This is an example of building out your staff to 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 the strengths that they have. And so having m- numerous guys out there that can drive the intensity during practice might weed out some of the issues that they had in terms of practice and things like that, or some of the issues that maybe you could draw a connection to practice last year. So really hopeful in terms of what we've seen from Marcus Robinson here uh, over over that little bit of time, that one hour that we got to watch them practice. A um, couple of quick injury updates for you. Kendra Miller, just so you know, as we expected, did not participate in many camps. We, he's also not expected to really participate much at all in OTAs. It's really training camp, and they expect that when he's in training camp that he's going to be good to go and ready to go. So I wouldn't be worried about it if you see us reporting. We'll be there every Tuesday for the next three weeks going into uh, June for training camps, or excuse me, for OTAs. So if you're seeing us say things like, Kendra Miller was off to the side working again. Don't worry. That, that's exactly the expectation for Kendra. Um, so he was kind of jogging off the side, working with trainers and kind of getting a little bit of the conditioning stuff in, I'm sure, as well as, you know, figuring out, okay, what's it like to run on the knee and the MCL sprain and all those other things. But I mean, you know, we talked to him afterwards and he seems very confident. We talked to Dennis Allen. He seems very confident. Again, this is just an MCL sprain. This is not like a tear or any type of like ligament damage or anything like that. It, it's a spring. So they should be able to just take it easy here throughout minicamps, OTAs, and then be able to hit the ground running, no, kind of pun intended, uh, come training camp. Um, just so that you know, too, one of the guys that a lot of folks were excited about when it came to the UDFAs was tight end Joel Wilson out of Central Michigan. He actually wasn't present for OTAs. He failed his physical. Therefore, he did not end up signing with the Saints, my good friend, and of course, colleague from over at Saints News Network over with SI, um, John Hendricks putting that update out. So we did not see him there, but like Toledo's uh, Jamal Turner was there, who's like six foot four, 244 pounds. And maybe there's another route now for him into OTAs and training camp and stuff like that. So definitely a name to watch out for Jamal Turner out of Toledo. A couple of other quick injury updates that I just want to give you so that you have them. Foster Moreau, as expected, can be out on the field next week. I want to be very clear though, we're talking about OTAs. So what seeing him out on the field next week really means is kind of loose, right? Do we see him out on the field because he's on looking kind of like Michael Thomas during OTAs last year? 
or is it more so that he's there and he's participating or is it more so that he's there and he's running around and he's with um he's with Kendra Miller as they try to rebuild his conditioning and things like that but he is expected to be on the field next week at some capacity during OTAs and then the expectation is that when he gets to um training camp that he'll also be full and 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 good to go but i imagine that dealing with the treatments and things like that, that he has to deal with that maybe conditioning is going to be a big part of kind of the the ramp up leading up to training camp similarly on a similar timeline uh michael thomas michael thomas who had the dislocated toe on his right foot last year had that hardware removed about a week and a half ago according to dennis allen and then now, basically, they're just going through the rehab process, but the expectation is that he'll be good to go for training camp. Now, remember, last year, we were also told he was going to be good to go for training camp. And what happened? He was out there day one, running routes, catching passes, all as a fully participating in practice uh, while still, you know, getting some rest here and there and things like that. We'll see if they put him out on the field in full that quickly. Uh, or if they try to ramp him up a little bit, it's hard to ramp Michael Thomas up though. You give him the field, he's ready to go. Like no, no questions asked, no, um, you know, ramp up, nothing like that. He just wants to get going. So I think as soon as you let his cleats hit the field, he's going to want to run routes. He's going to want to catch passes, all those other things. So, you know, but the expectation is that he'll be ready to go for training camp. So it's good news on the Fossum Row front, good news on the, uh, on the Kendra Miller front. And then, of course, also good news on the Michael Thomas front as well. Last little note that I want to give you, and this one also comes from John Hendricks over at Sports Illustrated. Uh, Nick Saldaveri uh, told us that he had been primarily working right now at right guard. Now, he could play anywhere, but right guard is sort of where they're starting out with him. So just something to keep an eye out on. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get some left guard opportunities throughout camp, get some tackle opportunities with second teams, things like that. Expect this guy to move around all throughout training camp. And I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of it, we've talked about him at center, a guard spot or two, and maybe even a tackle spot or two. I'm sure they'll get a look at him in as many different places, but they definitely view him as an interior guy. So I think the focus is going to be on the guard spots, and then we'll see if he gets some snaps at center. They liked what he did there at center during the Senior Bowl, but the Senior Bowl is really the only time he's ever played center before. It was the first time that Jim Nagy told us that that was the first time he had ever played center. Feels like he'd be a good fit there. But I think the guard spots are going to be the biggest focus, but be curious to see if he gets a little bit of opportunity to show what he might be able to do as a snapper as well. Coming up next, New Orleans Saints have always looked to build on strength. There's some core key examples of that over the course of the past few years, but there's one for you right now. Saints have done a lot of work on their wide receiver room, but they're not taking anything for granted. James Washington coming in for a visit. What does that mean for the New Orleans Saints? Where could he possibly fit in? And why are the Saints entertaining this? We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Let's get it. Houdat Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. The quick look at the New Orleans Saints just simply never settling down and simply never taking anything for granted. We've spoken a bunch about the wide receiver room, even before the draft being pretty strong if folks stay relatively healthy. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid, the addition of Brian Edwards. You've also still got guys like Traquan Smith and Kirk Merritt. You add some of these undrafted free agents like Shaq Davis, as well as, uh, of course, uh, uh, um, uh, Flowers, uh, Malik Flowers, who we were just talking about earlier. And then guys like Keith Kirkwood and Kawan Baker are also still there. Cy Barnett is another guy they brought in as an undrafted free agent. There's a lot of these dudes. 
that are running all around for the New Orleans Saints, but they're not necessarily done there yet. Uh, according to some reports, this came from ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. The Saints met or are meeting. I can't remember which day it was. I think it was set for Wednesday or something like that. I can't remember. Or maybe it was Monday. It's Monday. Monday. It's today. Uh, set to visit with James Washington. James Washington, 5'11", 213-ish pounds, um, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers, though most recently with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, solid wide receiver during his time at Pittsburgh. Didn't really get a lot of opportunity in Dallas, which I don't think really surprised anybody considering the receivers that they had well ahead of him at that point on the roster. Uh, was only targeted once, zero catches in 2022, just appearing in two games. But he's a, he had appeared in you know several games, 60, 60 games with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And during that time, uh, he had 114 receptions for just over 1,600 yards and 11 touchdown receptions. And that includes his best season, though. You have to go all the way back to 2019 to find that he had over 700 yards and three receiving touchdowns, but did have five receiving touchdowns in 2020, and then a pair of receiving touchdowns for 285 yards back in 2021. So we should be real about who uh, James James Washington is. He is not the guy that he was back in 2017, where people saw a star begin to be born, came back, played 16 games in 2020, and scored five touchdowns, but only put up 392 receiving yards on 30 receptions. And I was in a Pittsburgh Steelers offense that didn't have the greatest wide receiver core out there, but because of that, he didn't have a lot of uh, competition either. And let's be fair, their quarterback situation wasn't excellent uh, around the 2020, 2021 years, either the final years of uh, Ben Roethlisberger. And so I think as you look at what a guy like James Washington could pretend potentially bring you, the big thing is depth, right? And this is what I like about what the New Orleans Saints are doing, is that they're not settling. They're not taking anything for granted. And this is what fans have been saying all offseason. Yeah, you've got Michael Thomas to come back on another deal, but you have to have more bodies. You have to have more players because there's always the opportunity that another injury could set in. I had somebody tweet at me the other day, and I'm sorry to do this to you, but I had somebody tweet at me just the other day and say, don't mention Michael Thomas and injury in the same sentence, but you can't not. You have to. Like That's the reality of who Michael Thomas is right now until we see him out on the field playing you know, double-digit games. And until that happens, you have to wonder, is he going to be healed up enough and ready to go to not only play this season, but stay healthy throughout the season? I think it's a valid question. It's a valid thing. And he wants to prove that too. Like, you know what I mean? Like he would love more than anybody to be out on the field for 17 games. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And so I don't think that it's unfair to have Michael Thomas and injury in the same sentence. And I also don't think that it's unfair of the New Orleans Saints to continue to build their depth and continue to build out some options there. Who knows if they actually sign James Washington? We'll see if it happens. But if they did, it wouldn't be a bad idea. He's not a guy that comes in for you and then immediately becomes an ex-receiver over on that side that can back up Michael Thomas. But you've got three or four guys now in line for that, with Brian Edwards being of similar build, with A.T. Perry being of similar build, with Shaq Davis being of similar build. Everyone's big in that New Orleans Saints locker room right now. They have a lot of those big guys. What they don't necessarily have is a slot guy still. like They still don't necessarily have that guy on the roster. And so could James Washington be that player for them? Now, he doesn't have a ton of experience in the slot. In that best season back in 2019, he received only 14 of his 77 targets from the slot. Same thing happened towards 2021, where he had another pretty solid season. We had 11 targets of his 45 coming from the slot. But that doesn't mean that as a player sort of tries to make and carve out their next path in the NFL, 
Now, you don't look at that guy and say, okay, could he translate to that in our system? And that could be the way that the New Orleans Saints are looking at him to see if maybe there's, there's something that they find in him that makes Cody Burns go, you know what? He's mainly been an outside guy throughout his career, but he could potentially contribute in the slot. And so I think those are the things that the Saints are looking for. They're looking for depth at the position and in that room as a whole, not only for Michael Thomas, but don't forget, Chris Olave missed a couple of games last year as well. Uh, Rashid, he wasn't asked to play a full season last year. What happens now when you add seven, you know, when you give him 17 games as opposed to the amount of games that he appeared in in 2022. So you want to build out depth one way or another, and you want those guys that can make those tough catches for you. Is James Washington a, um, you know, contested catch, you know, guru or a contested catch guy? No, not necessarily. But is he somebody that can go out there and make some of those nitty gritty catches for you over the middle of the field? Yeah, absolutely. He could play that Trey Quan like role when it comes to that. Um, he's only got 22 contested catches in his career, but that's only on 54 targets in contested situations as well, according to Pro Football Focus. So a 40.7% contested catch grade, not terrible. And that great 2019 season that he had, uh, 56.3%, really, really good, actually. That's about you know over 50% on 50-50 balls is really what you'd love to see. And so that's what you would get with a guy like James Washington, potentially. But I, I think that above all else, the New Orleans Saints just simply not taking a break, simply not being afraid to build on a strength. They go out there, they get Kendra Miller in this year's draft. They built on a strength in the running back room uh, based on the players that are available, right? We don't know what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara. And that, of course, has to be factored in. But otherwise, they have a strong room at the position already. And they add Kendra Miller to it. We saw them a few years ago go out and get Janoris Jenkins for the end of a season where they were pretty solid at corner. Then we watched them draft Paulson Adebo to add to that. Then we watched them draft Alante Taylor to add to that. They go out there and they sign all these safeties. And what do they do? They sign Jordan Howard, uh, Jordan Howden to add to that. And then you, you know, you see, you get the idea. Like the Saints have not just kind of sat back at any point and said, okay, no, you're good at that position. Hell, they still draft a quarterback this past year. Uh, which is something I did not expect them to do. I also didn't expect them to draft seven players as a whole. I thought they were going to draft maybe five. And that's why I thought about quarterback as being something that would have been a waste of a pick. But they drafted two more players than I expected them to draft this year. And that obviously makes a bit of a difference. The thing to watch out for with James Washington, though, and the thing that could get in his way is are, are the drops and his receiving uh, percentage. He has not been as reliable a receiver as you'd love for him to be at his, you know, at especially at this long in his in the in his NFL career, twelve drops throughout his career, not bad at all for five playing seasons. Let's call it four uh, playing seasons, but a fifty five point three percent reception percentage. How much of that is James Washington? How much of that is the end of you know the the um, the Ben Roethlisberger days, right? Like how much of that is coupled with inaccurate throws versus on-target throws and things like that. So something to keep in mind, but the Saints will get a better look at that uh, when they have him in and welcome him into the uh, facility. Worth mentioning, the Saints still have around 11 and a half, somewhere between 11 and $12 million to spend money. They said four roster spots that are open, but I usually call it six because you've got two punters and three kickers on the roster. So you know that eventually a bunch, you know, at least one or two of those guys is going to get cut. And then you'll see potentially, you know, quarterbacks being cut and things like that. And the Saints just sticking with the three that they're going to want to bring into the season. Um, and so that could end up opening up an additional or more, um, let's just call it additional as a whole, roster spots for this team to continue to add. And they have the money to get that done as well. And other assets if they wanted to go that route too. So 
Lots of fun stuff, of course, on the way for the New Orleans Saints, and that means lots of fun stuff on the way here on the Locked On Saints podcast. The first fun thing that we have coming up for you is live later on tonight. Malik Flowers will break down sort of who he is as a prospect, how he can contribute, and how he can find his way to the roster, as well as a couple of other undrafted free agents that we'll sprinkle in there. And then uh, coming up in tomorrow's episode, some video for you from the uh, golf tournament, the Hall of Fame golf tournament, comments, things like that from uh, Dennis Allen, uh, uh, um, uh, Mickey and Loomis, as well as several players who'll be there as well. So we have a bunch for you here all throughout the week. And then we'll also get to still, as I promised, I think on Wednesday, we get into why the New Orleans Saints should add more of the spread offense to their offensive attack, even if they just use it to go to add more quick passing looks. And there is a way to do that. And we can show you those examples. So we'll have all that coming up for you. Just a taste of what's coming up here throughout the rest of the week. So much more here on Locked on Saints. I appreciate you as always, uh, all you everydayers out there for catching the show every single day. And of course, for making us a part of your day, making us a part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show as always. If you see me, say hi. I want to give a big shout out to Mace graduating from Howard University with a law school degree. My guy, congratulations. That's so dope. So appreciate you and everybody else for tuning in today. And as always, if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming them. I trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.